0: Hello and welcome to Crazy Russians in DevOps podcast where we're talking about all things DevOps from technology to culture with heavy Russian accent. Hello and welcome to this episode of Crazy Russian DevOps podcast about all things DevOps, from technology to culture, with heavy Russian accent. And today, uh, I'm your host, uh, Viktor Gamov, uh, coming at you from uh, Google Cloud Next conferences. And I have a few um, few guests in this podcast. Uh, you probably heard them uh, from my previous episode, and uh, I'll start from my Counter clockwise counter clockwise clockwise, clockwise. so it's uh, Anton Arhipov from uh, JetBrains Hello my friends uh Fyodor Kortkov from uh, Sirius CI Hello everyone it's a Sirius right Sirius, Sirius. Sirius.
1: type of the cloud
0: Sirius uh-huh. cloud. Okay interesting <laughs> and uh, Ricardo Ferreira from uh, Confluent. Hey everybody let's be here all right, so uh, since we uh on the conference, we continue to uh, talking about some of the cloud-related DevOps, uh, Google, and uh, maybe a little bit of Kubernetes, uh, sparkle on, of uh, some of the CI, CD, DSLs, that's uh, something that I really want to talk about. This, and but the fear of missing out. And fear of missing out, obviously, because when whenever we have uh, things like Kafka and the Kubernetes in, uh, in one episode, it's definitely talk about fear of missing out. All right, so... Um, uh, so we have uh, two um, representatives of uh, of the world of uh, continuous deployment, continuous delivery. So what is excited happens on the non-conference uh, in this world? And if you follow some of the announcements uh, further, Anton? So there you go. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, today uh, Google, not today, like yesterday Google un- announced uh, uh, Tecton pipelines. So a little bit of history about this project. So. Uh, Last summer, Google announced the Knative initiative. It's a, a way to run serverless applications on uh, Kubernetes. So it's basically, they're saying it's like um, scales to zero. So when a request comes up and uh, Kubernetes can provision containers on the fly and it's like super scalable and fancy, so perfect for uh, serverless. As part of this Knative uh, initiative, they had Knative pipelines uh, which, uh, last October, were, were renamed into a separate uh, initiative uh, called uh, Tekton Pipelines, which is part of a new foundation, uh, Continuous Deployment Foundation. Where more, more foundations. More yeah, foundations so it's like and more software. It's, it's, it's very confusing, but essentially uh, Jenkins, Jenkins X, and uh, Tekton Pipelines is like the only members of this uh,
0: foundation at the
1: moment. And
2: so Tekton is actually developed by... Red, yeah, and the red uh, hat probably. Right? No, no, no. I was, I was checking. It was a red hat. You uh, right? There was a
0: tectonic. It's a different thing.
1: Oh, T- tectonic T- tecton People it? like uh, a lot of people from uh, CloudBees, uh, from uh, Jenkins, they contribute into it because uh, Jenkins X relies on this uh, new tecton pipelines. So, what is tecton pipeline? It's a, um, it's a set of new abstractions for uh, Kubernetes in, uh, in. Uh, like, custom uh, resource definitions. So there are, like, only five of them. It's basically, um, there is a task, there is, uh, uh, which basically tells you which steps to execute. So, for example, you can clone in a Git container, then you can run your uh, tests in, like, Java container, and, like, finish it off with um, a deployment command in a container with a CLI. User.
0: So the task is a, it's a, another custom resource that... Uh... Um, allows you to do something, right? Yeah, so there's some a, spec, and in this spec you specify exactly, things. Yes. So
1: it's, a se- it's a ordered set of uh, steps. Each step can be executed in a separate container. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is pipeline, which is uh, uh, a graph of uh, these tasks. So you can create dependencies between them. Uh, you can run them in parallel, sequentially, uh, like, like usual, usual stuff. And then there's like task run to actually execute a task. Uh, pipeline run to actually execute a pipeline, mm-hmm. and uh, the fifth resource is a uh, Dacton uh, resource. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can specify that pipeline produces like a Docker container, and then this resource can be uh, deployed, uh, kind somewhere. of deployed
0: and consumed by uh, everyone like, like down the line. Yeah. Uh, so, huh. it, it's just providing a kind of, like, a fun, new fancy oh, way how you define a jobs for your continuous... Yeah, I'd say just the uh,
1: extension to, like, Kubernetes jobs API where, like, with jobs you can specify once to run this uh, pod, uh, like... It, I would time.
2: say it's a good marketing story, like, self-proclaimed um, standard how to do things and... Uh, Right, tell everybody that we have a predefined way to build pipelines for you, and this is how you should do it. Yeah, and and we are, by the way, we are a foundation
1: as well. And it's pretty early in the development as well. They don't have at the moment good uh, caching strategies, so there is like no built in caching functionality. Uh, You kind of need to rely on um, uh, Docker layer caching and. Like, first of all, it's very Docker specific at the moment. Mm-hmm. They're saying that they're going to support different platforms like VMs, like maybe even like Macs and so on. But they, like, I mean, they started on like in October, so, like six months ago.
0: So I'm interested, like, when, uh, just a quick, quick, um, Quick uh, shortcut to not a shortcut, the weird uh, detour to question like when the people asking about different other platforms, what they mean, like because I think I thought like doctor, 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 doctor is a is a just just a one standard. There's a, some uh, um, like a CRIO. CRIO, uh, CRIO initiative, but I never saw this in real life. Like, I, I spoke, I, I work with customers who run the Kubernetes, uh, who, who run. Uh, like containerized workloads but i never I never encountered this in real life except it mentioned that there's some some sort of like open foundation CIC, uh, cncf uh, managed
2: what whatever I, yeah. I i don't see like the need even for this kind of standardization actually because there are so many custom things
0: in uh in, in, in in how how container you run the container world yeah yeah but anyway so okay it's based on docker that's it's totally fine and uh, so it, it relies a lot of things on, on docker side of things right yeah so again it's like very new project uh, it seems like people are very excited
1: about it but in, in my opinion it seems that um, it's like a way for like Jenkins to like stay relative kind of relevant like, yeah relevant match. yeah relevant. Uh, so, we'll, we'll, so we'll see how it goes. that's
2: why that's why I'm saying it's a good marketing story. Yeah, you know, so, say that you are a standard. Jenkins, in a way, is a standard, right? Yeah, they they have the most mar- market share. And uh,
1: but this like standard is like made like by robots for robots. It's like not human readable. Yeah. Exactly. It's... Actually, I
2: had some people coming to the booth and
1: asking if we are planning any integration with
2: Tecton. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, the fun part of the presentation was they're like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a standard, it's, like, new uh, building blocks for CI, and, like, other vendors will, like, support it, so uh, users be... Uh, uh, and other vendors, like, so... uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, so, like, basically users will have a freedom of changing the vendors, and it's, like, so awesome. And then, like, two minutes later, there's, like, Jenkins X uh, uh, demo, and they, like, Oh no! We actually don't use this format. We have like our own format, but we are translating it to this Jenkins, uh, to the text format. Format. And we're like oh, okay. Okay, so we'll, we'll see. Is it's, it uh, is it
0: just another kind of like language def- or definition of the um, of the of the whatever like a pipeline or like a job? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Jenkins used to be um, uh, it used Groovy back in the day right to define the jobs it, it, it still and like, does. it still does uh, now we have uh, another kid uh, in the block like we have a uh, Kotlin is also getting very popular and uh, can you talk about the things what you do in uh, team city well With, I, I with think, these kind of things
2: I think like as, as infrastructure is called uh, it's a pretty popular concept today and uh, for ages team City was a UI only approach okay you you could have versions your settings in XML basically you serialize your settings in XML and to store them in version control but it's not really human, human editable. Uh, so uh, some some years ago guys introduced a Coffin-based DSL for TeamCity which is basically nice to use when you have the IDE uh, from JetBrains as well and uh, you edit it there and you can make your settings into version control and, and then TeamCity is able to uh, handle that and, and run the builds based so, on the So it's a
0: part. It's a part of your uh, of your code. Of your, it's the same repository with your application. It can be the same
2: repository. It can be in a dedicated repository. It doesn't matter. You just tell it where the settings are and yeah. it picks them up. But yeah, that that's pretty much. So
0: I see how this will work because, like, I'm very you know still. Old school, right? So I see how it works. But how this Tecton thing works? How this definition would look like? So do we need to write YAML
1: again? It's it's YAML, yeah. Uh, Or you can do JSON. uh, But but I mean, why so complex? Like, why do you want, like... You're in complete language to write your uh, build definitions. Like you can go to the internet, check like current date, current weather, and depending on the weather, like speed up or slow down your build. Yeah, like, what, what yeah, the heck? that's uh, that's good. Like, cool. It's cool idea. CI should be like simple. It should be uh, just like this uh, graph of. Um, like tasks, like but people want to have a, f- uh,
0: people want to have flexibility. What uh, kind of flexibility. It's, you know, should be
1: transparent. You should like you should like specify your environment and then what to run this environment. That's basically it. When people want something like weird, I have a question. Do you really, really, really need it? Because
2: I think I think lately uh, the the father of Spring Framework was uh, posting a lot of interesting. Posts regarding uh, programming in YAML. Uh, Ron Johnson. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, He's, ha- have you uh, seen his posts about I
0: haven't. I haven't seen this particular post, but I think I know what you're referring to. Um, yeah. And I have a similar. I mean, his
2: point was that as soon as, uh, as long as you stay declarative in, in your YAML configuration files, it's all fine. Uh, but as soon as How you start you pasting, pasting the scripts yes. into the YAML file, then it's not fine anymore. Yes. And uh, regarding, uh, so I, I see the relation here with Kotlin. For instance, uh, okay, we have a model, a project model in Team City, which you can declare in Kotlin, but there are a lot of uh, automation that you can do to generate those configurations in
0: end. Does it count? Like to to your point about like if we have this uh, why to have a like a Turing complete language to write your build script. Does it count when you kind of abstract one layer with another layer? Does yeah, it count? Yeah, yeah. like, For example, Leaky
2: abstractions. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So the you, you said that okay. So as long as you're putting things uh, with in your YAML that define some of the behavior, so it's not good. So but if uh we will abstract this by custom resources like uh in tekton custom resources that will abstract some of these steps you will stay declarative on defining this pipeline but internally like a uh, individual node of this graph this task uh, crd right will define actual logic or and this logic will be actually defined there or it would be def- a logic defined by i don't know some 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 function that will be executed that will be executed inside the container right is it uh, is it better like when we uh, when we put in another layer of abstraction just to kind of avoid this uh, the ugliness or like a leakiness of logic in the declarative language? Uh, like Victor, you, who are you talking to? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs>
2: no, for instance, for me, like in and in, specifically in Team City, right? If I if I want uh, to have, let's say, I want to test my application with different versions of grading systems and different versions of java mm-hmm. then uh in team c i should have create all the combinations is there is no parameterizable like matrix matrix bills basically yeah. like you have in jenkins but i i, I have a solution with coffin because it's just two for loops that can generate this build. Don't iterations. look at me. Look
0: at him because he asking. I'm actually, you know, up for the programming oh, okay. in, uh, in my yeah. build script.
2: So I, I see it like as, as, a, as a solution for the leaky abstraction in, in TeamCity at least. But in Jenkins, people want something else. They actually want executable scripts. So because, you know, in Jenkins, they execute
1: the lambdas really. All right. Yeah, my opinion is basically you are giving like a rope and a soap to like engineers. They will like do something bad with
0: that. Yeah, do do a uh, system.exit0?
2: In, in Jenkins it would be very fun, yes, but in TeamCity it's not possible.
0: Uh, so you're uh, you still sandboxing this and uh, you allow no, it's, security manager's It's just manager the difference how stuff. it
2: works, because in in Jenkins, the script that you write, the Jenkins file, is actually executed during the build.
0: Yeah, it will pass it to the Groovy interpreter. But Ruby in TeamCity,
2: in TeamCity it, it's not. Jen- uh, in, C- in TeamCity, Kotlin script is used to generate the settings, not to execute the build. Mm, okay. So uh, it, it, it kind of picks up the settings and it executes but, but it. But still. It creates the new set of settings.
0: But still, like to, uh, to a further point, like you still will be able to execute this call to uh, the weather API. Uh, because you still During, have, g- during, during generation, generation
2: of... No. It's sandboxed... Uh, so security manager actually prevents
1: uh, calling to the external resources. So in this case, unless it makes, unless you okay, disable y- that, you you can check like okay, it's, is it like Wednesday today or yes, I, is I can. Is it a weekend? Can. If it's like weekend, don't find anything. Like you shouldn't pour it.
2: I can, I can that. I can, I can do that. Yes.
0: Okay. So it's 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 pretty uh, pretty cool and interesting. So now um, to the point of um, to the point all this you know all this I don't want to call it c word just too many things right so what's the what's the minimum thing that uh your your devops engineer needs to know if they want to build uh, stuff they don't want to build think about this kubernetes again like a running distributed system right, on right. top of distributed yeah. system and
2: like, i think devops engineers are mostly interested in what image they should deploy where they don't uh, like as many people were passing by the booth those people are not interested in the build. They are interested in deployment process. That's it.
0: Deployment automation.
2: Yeah. So, which image, where to deploy. That's it. And some, some uh, credentials and s- secrets management. That's it. So, build engineers are those people who are interested in, you know, how you can optimize the build time, uh, which branch to build on which pull request, and so on. This is like the build engineering area, and this is where... I think new systems don't really provide any features, actually. Did you get a lot of questions about Spinnaker? Uh, not I mean, this time, not not at this conference yet, but we still have one and a half day to go. To go.
0: Yeah, can someone talk about this, uh, like Spinnaker thing, like how it's different, uh, what's their philosophy and how it's different from other... So Spinnaker, first of all, it's not...
1: Like CI, CD, just CD, so it's like continuous uh, deployment or continuous delivery platform. Uh, uh, You you, you can say it uh, both. Uh, It was started by Netflix back in the days, but then uh, I think Google joined. They open-sourced it, and Google joined uh, to develop it. Uh, And now it's it's part of, uh, what's this, uh, CNCF? Yeah, CNCF, Cloud Native Foundation. So Uh basically... Uh, Spinnaker provides you... It, like, hooks up to your, like, Docker registry or some some other registry. And uh, once some CI system builds a new image, uh, like Docker image or just VM image, you can see it in Spinnaker and start deployment. Mm-hmm. And what Spinnaker does, it really um, integrates with all the metric system and provides different uh, deployment strategies. So, like, usually people... Um, Do simple deploys, right? You just like do some like rolling deploys. uh, Spinnaker has this uh, uh, standard support. You can like configure the strategy, then you can configure metrics that you want to look for during deployment. So uh, I don't think Spinnaker is good for like small companies, uh, but once you're like big enough and you like care enough about uh, uh, your SLAs and like really good uh, performance during the deployment. Then you should definitely
2: check out. Spinnaker. I think I think Spinnaker is also one of those uh, technologies that create this uh, fear of missing out. Uh, I, I agree that it's for a big companies, it's but key. I have a lot of small uh, customers coming and asking
0: the integration with Team City for instance. So, uh, but in this case, like as you described it, if uh, Team City can build this and publish it in any Docker registry, so the Spinnaker can be you know, yeah, will pick up. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, but usually, like, nowadays people, like, if it's Kubernetes, (coughs) they just do, like, Kubernetes deployments. Kubernetes supports out-of-the-box, like, rolling deployments with, like, health checks. So it's, like, uh, I think for, like, 99% cases it's, like, good enough. If you really want to, like, check some business metrics during deployment and then have this, like, fancy red-black deploys where you, like, spin up the whole new cluster and then, like... Uh, sw- switch the traffic, and uh, you have a really good uh, rollback strategy
0: because of that. Then, yeah, you probably it. But is it is it?
1: But you net not Netflix. Yeah,
0: is it like uh, only like Kubernetes specific? No, so no. Or Are you running this as a separate service, like not necessarily needs it's to be? It's uh, y- You can run it everywhere, um, and it
1: supports. Uh, I think they started with uh, supporting AWS actually. Uh, because it was uh, by Netflix and Netflix mm-hmm. on AWS, and they supported like VMs there. And like, when Google started contributing, they kind of added this uh, like support to like, Google Cloud and yeah. uh, uh,
0: Kubernetes. Um, it's I was just like to the to the to the previous point from that we spoke maybe in a previous episode about the, how the uh, retail vendors moving out of uh, uh, not going to Amazon. And I remember that Netflix was all Amazon, but now Amazon also have a streaming service. So Amazon pretty much competing with everyone on, on every layer. So like even, even Netflix that competes with uh, Amazon and Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, yep. it's just just don't pay attention. It just an observation from the previous uh, pre- previous episode. All right, all right, cool. So um, now we talk about a little bit about metrics. So, in uh, what kind of uh, we, unfortunately, Leonid uh, the left us, and he decided not to talk about uh, observability aspect of uh, of uh, DevOps uh, and uh, things that matter for people. So, in terms of um, like, if you can talk a little bit more, maybe there is some integration with the you know some of the tools like uh, uh, Jaeger, which is also a cloud uh, CNCF project, and uh, like, is it like is there is like an integration with the Open Tracing in the Spinnaker thing that uh, can? I don't can... think
1: it's uh, in Spinnaker because. It doesn't
2: really make sense. What you're looking for are, are metrics, not, not tracing. And yeah, the end mm-hmm. result. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, the interesting part, like Google no- nowadays, they uh, also provide uh, managed services like Istio, for example, for mm-hmm. Kubernetes. And Istio, uh, like myself, provides you this uh, open uh, tracing. Uh, so, Istio. That allows
0: you to get. You yeah, get it's a, a service traces.
1: mesh. So, it like provides you. Uh, with visibility of your know, like services, which services talk to which, uh, plus uh, it can can also inject the uh, tracing uh, IDs uh, into the requests. So then you will get the, if your like application also supports it. Like,
0: does it work? Um, does it work on? Um on uh, like level 4 uh, type of traffic or it only works on HTTP and it's just adding some additional headers Yeah, press. I think it's
1: just like additional headers
0: so, so it's not like, even though it's like service mesh, there's kind of like a small uh, star saying that, okay, so HTTP, HTTPS only traffic type of thing Right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure
3: about that Yeah, I, th- I think you have to deal with some technology that allows you to handle the headers, like uh, where, where you're saying before, Google actually what they support is OpenSense's which is primarily an open source project that was created by Google, and they open source it. And they're they're kind of emerging with uh, Open Tracing, which already was from CNCF, and they're now joining the, right, the yeah. forces to come up with a more complete. There will be a new name, and there will be like a strategy of like a new, customers a new, to a new migrate standard. from yeah, a new a new what did we call before in the last episode a new. Um, community around. (laughs) A new foundation. A new foundation for everybody to remember. But yeah, I think pretty much you have to deal with uh, some technology that allows header manipulation, Uh, otherwise you cannot, as described before, inject headers and make sure the header has propagated across all the layers. Because we're dealing with distributed technology, right? So the header needs to be propagated across all the microservices (laughs) and within the architect.
0: There's a ways I think there's a ways how you can even um, overcome this kind of problem, but it, it it will be like limited. For example, for a while uh, there was no ability to do headers in Kafka. So some of the frameworks that want to use uh, this headers information for routing or for tracing, they will just inject this in payload. So. Um, it's. It. I think it's. A, it's not. A, like headers only manipulations. Not only kind of like a, only one case to but do. But then that. it comes to like goes to application level, right? Yeah. And here yeah. it
1: kind of uh, they are selling it like, oh, you just enable one button and then you'll get this fancy uh, service mesh and visibility. In yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: And also, I think that's um, when we are dealing with, um, like, for example, you you're not relying on the headers to store this uh, identifier that needs to be propagated across layers. So that incurs also in a performance hit within the application, because now you have to materialize your message on HIP, like if you're using Java, for example. And if you're using headers, you wouldn't need to actually uh, materialize the payload to handle the data for propagating the header. So I think that's one of the considerations about if you're not able to use headers or not that you have to make attention to
0: all right so um wh- where we started and where we ended it's kind of uh, very very interesting so this is what uh, what this is what you should expect from the crazy russian on devops uh, podcast so um any uh, any closing words about uh things that uh, interesting things that we didn't cover from perspective again um small things uh around like uh, continuous deployment continuous delivery uh and uh cicd pipelines
1: I think there were a few other announcements, and right now, actually, a developer keynote
0: is happening as we speak. So maybe there will be something else. All right. So stay tuned uh, for next episode of Crazy Russian DevOps, Hopefully, will bring a few more people from our community. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure one of the uh, cloud native ambassadors somewhere here in the audience. I'll try to get him and uh, interview him with. Uh, the, with the advanced techniques. So, uh, thank you so much for my guests to being here with us, as Anton, uh, Fyodor, and Ricardo. Thank you so much for being uh, the crazy Russian and DevOps. So you 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 can say goodbye. Uh, in this kind of stuff. Uh, it was a pleasure.
1: Uh, thank you for again
0: for inviting. Um, and uh, like, if you're interested in what the uh, these gentlemen are doing, uh, we will post some of the um, the contact information in the show notes. Um, don't not forget the. I will I'm not I don't I don't know like what exactly exact URL but like uh, look it to uh, crazy russian and devops in the iTunes and give us five stars and support us there if you like the show just write review it will help us a lot
2: or or at least comment uh, on Twitter maybe yeah. Yeah. maybe we, 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 you want to hear more some harder accent
1: uh.
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of crazy russians in devops As always Subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and rate this show to show your support. And as always, have a nice day.